Welcome to Last Ones at the Bar. This is a show where we discuss or rank the top 10 on different topics. Today we'll discuss the top 10 fights we would like to see. Once again, my name is Wilton Henry and I'm a boxing enthusiast and, and I'm joined once again by two boxing aficionados. Fellas, please introduce yourselves. Yeah, my name is Daniel Lee. I've been watching for about a decade now, following closely and uh, participating in the sport for about a year now. My name is Lavelle Jackson. Uh, I've been a boxing fan as long as I remember. Uh, I've been a big boxing fan for the past um, 15 to 20 uh, years. So again, today's I'm happy episode, to, to be here. Discuss the top 10 fights we'd like to see. But before we get started, there was a couple things that you fellas wanted to touch on um, before we talk about the fights we want to see. And I know, um, Vail, you wanted to talk about the Romero versus Martinez fight last week. What was your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, I, I watched that fight, and it was funny because at the end I was like, oh, it'd be funny if, if, if they gave it to Romero, which I could see happening, and they gave it to Romero. And I'm not saying that uh, Martinez just dominated the, the fight from beginning to end. The, if you look at the punch stats, they were, you know, similar. They wasn't that far off. But one part where Martinez 100% dominated was the ring generalship. I mean, he controlled the entire fight with his jab. Romero, he came in, you know, with angry looking in his face, and it's like, and he's like, I'm going to try to knock this guy out with one punch. And the entire fight, he, he did the same thing over and over again, trying to land that one shot that never came. He never made adjustments. He never tried, even tried the jab. And I thought, I felt bad for Martinez because when you're an up and coming fighter and you don't have the uh, belt like that or you don't have an interim title or whatever, you don't get the same paydays. And he deserved that payday. Now, if Romero beats him, then what? You know, he really did deserve a, a, a payday. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Vel. Um, it's unfortunate because, you know, we during the time where we were waiting for boxing to come back, wondering when it would come back and everything. And then it came back and then we were excited. And then we see outcomes like this. And it was like, Oh yeah, there, there, there's this part of boxing. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the sentiment that I had watching the fight. Uh, it sucks, you know, as a B side, you come in, you put work in, in the camp and you get an unfortunate decision like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not really even going to chime in on that. I watched the highlights of it when it came on last week. I, I I couldn't even like watch the whole fight. I watched the first round and then I watched the second round. But just the way Romero was fighting, I didn't think that he should have been on, you know, um, prime time like that. I just don't think he's ready. I don't know if he'll ever be ready based on the skill set that I saw. He's throwing some very slow punches, and it just wasn't. I, I ended up going to the store and I, I came back, um, so I didn't really take that fight out. Uh, hopefully, the fella he can, you know, get back in the gym work on the skills, but I just didn't see from a skill standpoint that, you know, and I could be wrong, hopefully I am wrong, that he would ever be like the upper echelon type fighter that they had him on TV uh, to be. So I, I can't really give a good account of what actually went on. But the next topic you fellas want to talk about was the uh, David Benavidez fight and Angulo. Uh, yes, I was I was sort of impressed with Benavidez, even though he came in overweight. Uh, 
he pretty much dominated. He did what he wanted to do. He was landing all all big shots uh, with uh, Angulo. But at the same time, I mean, you could tell he was wasn't exactly himself. Like you know, especially the, once he started getting to Angulo, the second half of the fight, and started landing punches, he started just dropping his hands. It's almost like he was getting tired of himself. And he was dropping his hands, almost punching himself out. Uh, and that version of him go against someone like Caleb Plant or Vivo. Uh, I mean, it, it, he's gonna lose those fights. But I, I'm 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 curious to see where he where he goes from. Uh, yeah, now I, I'm a I'm a big Bud fan. I'm a big supporter of Bud Crawford, but I can't keep defending him like this. It, you know, he, he needs that big fight. Maybe maybe Bob Arum is holding him back. Maybe because in my opinion, whoever says I want to fight Crawford, they should just go ahead and accept it. If, especially if it's the level of Keith Thurman. Now, if it is true that Thurman asked for ten million dollars or Agent Broner type money. That's a different story, uh, which I've heard from you know Crawford's camp. But until we that's confirmed, I mean Crawford needs those guys more than they need him. I don't know if you guys remember this from the from our very first episode. That was my that was my one beef with with Crawford, and not even Crawford, but it was just like is top rank doing the best thing for him at, at welterweight. And this is just another instance. So, but on, on another hand, you know, this is kind of one of those classic moments where boxers talk trash and they happen to be the same weight class. And as a fan, it's like, okay, the fight. And then the boxing politics and the money gets involved. And then, you know, that's when it starts to look shaky. So on one hand, I could see Crawford saying what he said and Thurman responding the way he responded. But yeah, unless... Uh, unless Thurman really wanted a ridiculous amount of money, you got to make this fight. And honestly, if you're Aram, even though it's ridiculous, you might have to do some accommodating because who who else you can get to fight him? Um, I don't even remember the guy that fought him last time, but I hadn't heard of him until he fought him. And Amir Khan was more of a name than a fight. We all knew what was going to happen in that fight. So to Thurman's point, Although Crawford is a respected boxer, he has yet to earn the same respect at welterweight that he had at lightweight and at 135. So uh, the ball is in Crawford's corner more so than it is Thurman's corner, even though he lost his last fight. It was against Pacquiao. That was a a solid fight. That was a solid opponent. So it's, it's on you, bud. Again, this is another fighter, man, I'm disappointed in. I, I, I like Bud's skills, you know, and I had Bud as well. He's my number two pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Um, and as far as, like, we talked about the last category of who wants smoke, I think I gave him high points when it came to that. But I, I have to drop some points the next time we do our top ten. I can't, like, keep accepting guys who, you know, let me put it like this. If you are a person who has a resume, okay, well, let me break it down for these fellas. The, the, what you should do, and it's not just Bud. Like, it's a lot of them in that division, but they fought more people in the division than Bud. Now, what fighters should do is you need to clean out your division. Go for everybody inside the division and make sure that you are cut above everybody, that it's no inkling without a doubt who's the number one guy. So 
if you can't get Spence, you can't get Pacquiao, then you need to go for the next top person. Bud can't continue to do this with Mean Machine on his resume, Amir Khan on his resume, uh, the one-legged Benavides on his resume. Jeff Horn wasn't really a quality victory, so you can't keep going down this road of picking and just looking like you cherry-picking on that side until you get a big fight, while those guys on the other side are fighting each other. Spence is fighting Garcia. Porter has fought Thurman. Thurman has fought Pacquiao. Um, you got Spence fought Brooke. I mean, they res- their resume is like levels above yours at welterweight. It's nowhere in the world you can justify not accepting the Thurman fight. Two other points I want to make is his his um, trainer, Bomack. There's an interview where he's saying that, no, we, not, we don't want to face Thurman. We want to wait for one of the belts. No, you can't take that approach, buddy. No, sir. You cannot do that. You you should always want the top guys that are available, without a doubt. And and after he made that comment, that's when Bob Aaron was saying that Thurman wants $10 million. It looked like it was a cover-up. Why would you negotiate uh, in public as opposed to with him? Maybe that's just an offer he threw out there. We don't know. But it, it's, just, it's, it's messy right now. But, Bud, you need to take these fights. I also saw Porter saying that he wanted to fight, too. So this doesn't look good for Bud right now, and I'm very disappointed. Last point I want to make, I think that's why you got guys like Oscar De La Hoya saying he's going to come out out of retirement. You got Canelo over here trying to fight somebody. Out of all these guys who want to fight him, he's fighting somebody we don't even know of. So you got these older guys who think that they can come out of retirement and show these young fellas how it's really supposed to be done, and they way past their prime. So this is ridiculous. That's enough of the topics for this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I want to touch on, fellas, is this. I had a couple guys after our last episode, they they were saying, how are you going to pick Garcia over Spence? And I just want to, you know, make this clear. It's not that I'm rooting for Garcia. I'm rooting for Spence. You know, we saw Errol at the fight, Danny. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I I got love for Errol, no doubt. But let me tell you, let me put it like this: If Sugar Ray Leonard was about to fight Benitez, and Sugar Ray Leonard was in an accident like Errol was in, you guess who I would uh, predict to win that fight? If he was in an accident like that, Leonard, that's a close fight already. And so that's all I'm saying: it's it's a close fight without the accident, but with the accident, I just have to see my main man Errol you know, fight first and see what he has left. Is, is he still 100%? Because if he's not 100%, that's going to be a tough fight. And that's all I want to say about that topic. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we go into our um, fights we want to see? Oh, yes, yes. I'm going to speak on what you just said. And, and Danny, you think that's too harsh? You can cut this part out. But us three... Yes, we, we are, we, you know, we have opinions and all that about boxers. Yes, we might like one boxer more than others. But we pick fights. I think majority of our fights are, is, is picked with logic and is picked with our brains. Like, we backed up why we picked what we picked. It wasn't just because we, we like right, this right. guy more than yeah, that. Yeah, and I just so want to I'm say that because, you know, that out there, like, pictures you know. and stuff like that was sent on, um, like, social media. And then, you know, I used to see Arrow sometime at the 24-hour fitness when I lived in in the Dallas area. And I used to see him quite often and used to talk to him. So it's a, a, a little bit of a relationship there. So when people saw the or heard me say the predictions that I made, 
it was like, how are you going to pick him over him? And it's not even like that. I'm not being biased at all with my prediction, even though if you ask me who am I rooting for, I'm rooting for Earl Spence. And that's probably that's pretty much against everybody. Um, is it time to go ahead and go into our predictions, or do you guys want to touch on anything else? I just want to know, are, are you taking it to Vegas, or, or are you saying uh... – <laughs> Or you just you just going with Garcia? <laughs> That's a good question. Now again, I'm basing this on I haven't seen him. Now if Arrow get in there and the accident, you know, there's no lingering effects of the accident, then I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I want that to be the case. I just don't know if that's going to be the case. It's fifty fifty or whether or not that's going to be the case. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, like I said, that's a tough fight without the accident to me. You know. I think it's about that time for us to go ahead and get into our uh, top 10 fights that we want to see. And with mine, my fights, you won't see, like, the heavyweights on there. And I'll tell you why you won't see the heavyweights. I didn't put the Fury, the Wilder, and Joshua um, fights there. I figured that that's something that a lot of people want to see. But these right here, these like my underground fights that need to happen. You know, it's like it's, it's like as far as music is concerned, like when I listen to music, like a lot of people like the most popular song on a person's album or CD. I, it's certain songs that I already, you know, pretty much won't listen to that song. if It's the most popular song. I'm looking for that song that, that, that appeals to me. And so these fights are the fights that appeal to me. So my number 10 fight that I want to see is going to be uh, Gary Russell versus Josh Warrington. Um, and it's, it's a couple of reasons why I want to see this fight. Josh Warrington is a guy to the UK. And I think for him, this would, you know, solidify him as being the number one featherweight in the world. The other thing that he could do is he could uh, make up for what uh, uh, Carl Frampton and also Scotty Quigg did when they were uh, scared to fight Rigo and they kept avoiding him. And so that left a bad stain you know, on those smaller weight class fighters in the UK. So I think if he fights somebody at level of Gary, Ru- Gary Russell and defeat him, then I think that that will wipe that away. Also, Gary Russell's calling out all these bigger guys. He's calling out uh, Crawford. Um, he's calling out anybody. If you watch videos of me snapping at everybody. I just want to see Gary Russell solidify his claim as the best featherweight. And then if he want to go up, and he wants to dare to be great or take on those challenges of guys he has beef with, then it's okay. But establish yourself as the best featherweight first. So my number 10 fight is Gary Russell versus Josh Warren. On, on that note, though, I just want to see Gary Russell fight. You know what I mean? Like, for him to be a good fighter, and I'm, I'm looking at his box right now, He since 2015, he's averaged one fight a year. And it's like, why don't why are you calling out these people at at other weight classes when you haven't even taken over your own weight class yet? But anyway, on to my pick. Um, I also had Josh Warrington in my pick, uh, but I had him against Shakur Stevenson. The reason why I had him against Shakur, I know Stevenson is moving up in weight. He's moving up to one thirty, but I just felt like he had unfinished business at one twenty six. I don't know if him making weight was the issue or or what, but I felt like, honestly, wouldn't expect him to get a fight against Gary Russell, more so on Gary Russell's end than his end. But I thought, you know, that would be him versus Warrington would be a, a pretty good notch under his belt at 126. I know he won a belt already in that division, but it would just it would just be a nice little centerpiece for his his 126 
that 126 chapter in his career, if you will. Okay. Um, my number 10 that I, fight that I want to see is Monster Anui against Emmanuel Navarrete. Now, Anui, we, we know with the monster, we've seen him against uh, Donair. We, we, we've seen him against other guys that, he, that he's been dominating his weight class. But there's another guy, and I hope uh, he doesn't move up too far too soon because this fight could possibly happen in the near future, and that's Emmanuel Navarrete. And I saw Emmanuel Navarrete uh, against a few guys. I know I saw him against both fights with Isaac Dogbay, and he beat the dog mess out of Dogbay. And it was kind of sad to watch because they would his um, Dogbay's father wouldn't pull him out. And you know, I, I, I like Dogbay a lot, and uh, it was it was a it was a hard loss. So after that fight, I was like, it's. it's for that weight class, those lighter weights, that's the fight I would like to see. Right. Against so my number nine uh, fight is going to be a fight that's long overdue. Both of these guys, to me, are a little bit past their prime. This right here would be for bragging rights. Um, but I would – one fighter is kind of campaigning at 154. The other one is fighting at 147-ish. So – um, the other thing I would like to fight to be at a catch with a 150, I think that would be fair. They also can have this bad boy, like I said, at Wembley Stadium. And I think that it would do well as far as ticket sales. The fight that I want to see, the number nine fight that I want to see is Kale Brook versus Amir Khan. I think they uh, just just enough past their prime where this would be a very, very intriguing matchup. But it needs to happen because, you know, it's, it's a domestic dispute. And, and like I said, it's, it's long overdue because they've been bickering with one another for three to four or five years now. So that's the number nine fight that I want to see. My number nine, we've already talked about him. Uh, David Benavidez versus Caleb Plant. I I kind of had it lower than it maybe could have been simply because of how Benavidez has looked. Um, and, you know, you guys touched on that, so I'm not going to really bring that up again. Um, I believe that if he comes in at his best, it'll be a very good fight for a belt. Um, one of the most high octane fights that super middleweight would have to offer. Um, so I just kind of want to see what those guys are made of. You know, plan is plan is still up and coming, young young lion. So that's my number nine. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, uh, my number nine is uh, Josh Taylor versus. Uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez, uh, two undefeated guys. They both at 140. It's almost like they're fighting for, for for bragging rights. Whoever wins that fight is the is the that will be the, probably the king of 140. Um, and actually, they'll actually we know we talked about Crawford earlier, but whoever wins that fight could be a future opponent for for Terence Crawford because uh, both of those guys are tough. I mean. They're undefeated. All right. So Somebody's my number nine fight that I want to see, my number, number eight fight that I want to see, and this would be the last thing that this gentleman needs to accomplish at this weight. And then to me, he can do whatever it is he want to do. He can go up. Um, he can call out some of the 147-pound fighters if he wants to. But I think this is the last thing that he needs to add to his resume. And the other fighter that he's fighting, this would be his last opportunity to, you know, position himself to get – a big fight or a huge payday down the road. Um, and so the fight that I want to see is Iris Landy Lara versus Tremel Charlo. 
And like I said, for Char- Charlo, mm-hmm. he's probably pretty much the last guy that, that he needs to um, defeat. Iris Landy Lara at 37 years old, if he can get ink out that victory, then maybe he can get, you know, some of the guys he had been calling out, you know, in the past. Or he can just, this would be his last opportunity at glory. So, uh, nothing much more to say with that. But number eight fight that I want to see is Jamel Charlo versus Iris Landy Lara. I like that. I like that. Um, my number eight, and I'll, I'll preface this with saying that I kind of challenged myself with this list to to not use the same fighters twice. So some of these may be variations of other fights I want to see, um, you know, with other fighters on this list. That said, um, I really like the 135 division because there's a lot of young fighters who are exciting to see, and we just don't know enough about them at the elite level. And so I have a, a few sort of fights to see where some of these fighters are at at 135. And so the first one here, I have uh, Teofimo Lopez and Javante Davis. I say that because Teofimo Lopez is a is a big 135. Javante Davis just moved up, but he could th- – th- they both are high-octane fighters. They're both young fighters. Uh, Tank has looked good. Lopez has looked good, um, but we haven't seen them fight the level of competition that we're used to seeing from elite fighters. And so how will they, are they exactly? Well, with Lopez, we'll find out pretty soon when he fights Loma. And uh, we made our prediction on that one last week. But um, that's, that's my number eight right there. Uh, my number eight um, is uh, Jermail Charlo versus Jerry Hurd. Now, I want to see this fight more. It's a little bit higher maybe uh, a year or two ago. But, of course, her had that rough fight with uh, Julian Williams uh, where he lost. And, of course, Jamel had had that close fight with uh, Tony Harrison, um, which I thought he deserved the win the first time. But it was a very, very close fight, actually. Uh, but I think Jared Hurst's style would probably match up with Charlo. I mean, uh, her has a, a strong chin. He ha- he has a, a, a unspeakable willpower. He throws lots of punches. Uh, Jermel Charlo has is, is, is increased his power over the last few years. I remember he used to be criticized when they used to compare him to his brother. And it seems like he still has that chip on his shoulder. But uh, Jermel can crack. And, he you know, he can box. He can brawl. And, and that would be an interesting fight to see, and I still want to see it. And that's right. my number so eight, Jermail Charlo number seven fight versus Jared Hurd. That I want to see is David Benavidez versus Caleb Smith. I already know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, well, why he doesn't want to see them fight Caleb Plant? Why is he not in the mix? Well, I think these guys collide with one another, and the winner can fight Caleb Plant. I would prefer to see Caleb Smith and David David Benavidez fight because I think it'll be more fireworks. Both of these guys offensively are gifted. Caleb Smith is a huge body puncher. Um, He has a lot of crack in his punches. Um, He knows the proper placement to put his punches. And right now in Ring Magazine, he's number one at 168. Um, He's also the best out of the Smith brothers. You know, the UK roll out about six or seven Smiths, Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> Liam, you know, but he's the best out of the bunch. That would be, I think it'd be fireworks, you know, so that would be a, a very interesting matchup. 
to see. And I, you know, at this point with the way, um, how undisciplined Benavides has been lately, you might have to favor Smith in that matchup. Um, but that's the number seven fight that I want to see Benavidez versus Caleb Smith. I can see that one too. I like that one. Uh, my number seven, I chose for a similar reason because of the fireworks. Um, I think I know who would win it, but I had uh, Vasily Lomachenko versus Miguel Burcho. I had that because they are both established at 130. Um, Loma has moved up at 135, but let's let's be real. He had most of his power at 130. Um, is, he he's big on action, high-activity guy. Um, I have very fond memories of his war with uh, Francisco Vargas a few years ago. Um, and I think, you know, even though it's – I think Loma would take it, I think it would just be a really good high-action fight to see. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, my number seven <laughs> – Will be Devin Haney versus Telefimo Lopez. Telefimo Lopez. Uh, two young guys, you know, very very young. Po- they're 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 both gifted, talented, poised, um, undefeated. Of course, we know Lopez is going that fight with um, Lomachenko. Uh, I wish he would have fought Devin Haney sooner before that you know two young guys i mean i don't care for building your resume up especially when it's guys at the same exact level that just need each other i mean it'll be a great fight All right. to me so my that's number my number seven Devin be, Haney versus i mean i think you are uh, but josh taylor versus juan carlos ramirez both guys around the same age they're in their prime uh he's the best two at 140 and you just always want those matchups when you got like clearly the best two guys in the division. They just need the class to declare themselves the best in that division. Uh, Taylor has uh, good victories over uh, Regis Progress. Um, tough to beat out there in the UK. Carlos Ramirez, you know, he beat Amir Ma- Amam, uh, Maurice Hooker. And this is a very evenly matched, you know, evenly matched uh, fight. So again, my number six fight would be Josh Taylor against Juan Carlos Ramirez to determine who's the best 140-pounder, pound fighter in the world. Vil, your number seven was half of my number six. Um, I, ha- I have Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. Uh, this is the another one of those fights at 135 that I was referencing earlier. <laughs> I had four guys. I had Lopez, I had Tank, I had Haney, and I had Garcia. And I was like, who do I want to see fight each other the most? And I'm not going to lie. I didn't want no black on black crime. I, I wanted I wanted Haney versus Davis, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they, they've had a little face-off in the ring before at the end of one another's fights. They want to fight each other. They both are game. Um, I, I know a good amount about Haney. I don't know much about Garcia. With this fight, I could find out. So, uh, yeah, that's my number six. I would like to see it. I'm going to break before I talk about number six. Now, I'm going to talk about Clarissa Shields because she's actually from, you know, my home state. And I have been I was following her when she went to the Olympics, you know, the first time. Now, Clarissa Shields, it's, it's, she's, she's in an interesting state because 
all her biggest fights is like one or two weight classes below her, and she can't keep squeezing herself down. I mean, she started at 168, she's down and went to 160, now she's kind of at 154, and it's like something's going to give. It's kind of sad that she doesn't get, you know, one, those fights that she, she needs, and, and two, the notoriety that she deserves. You know, you see, uh, even with MMA, you see how they – they promote Ronda Rousey and stuff like that. I, I think Clarissa Shields deserves that same type of attention. You know, she earned it. I mean, she's she won two gold. Wherever you feel the the talent level in women's boxing is, she went she went to the Olympics and won two gold medals. That's respectable, and and I feel that for someone like that to not be respected as they should is it's kind of a travesty. <laughs> now that's it. Uh, my number six. Um, Actually, my number five would be <laughs> Javante Tank Davis versus Devin Haney. Now, it's funny about this. Once upon a time, I saw, I, I saw a YouTube of them sparring. And t- to this day, I'm kicking myself that I wasn't taking notes because they, they took that down quick. But, woo, it was... Wow, that was that was that was interesting. Like it was it was fire, you know. I think if those two get in the ring, it's gonna be it's gonna be so, it's gonna be something. I, I think what's funny is I've seen Javante Davis spar with a lot of guys. You know, we see we see we know what he can do in the ring, but I've seen him spar with guys and they fold, they get hit, and they're like ah. Oh. Devin Haney is the only guy I saw stand up to him, and and. Javante Davis stood up to Tank Davis from what I saw until, you know, a certain part of that sparring. And I'm kicking myself that that I don't remember all of it. <laughs> but I would love to see that fight. Uh, those two probably will, will match up real, real good. I think for Javante, I mean, he's been – it's funny. He's been champion uh, uh, longer than, than Earl Spence has, so I think Javante, it's time for Javante Davis to take those fights, those 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 legacy winning fights. And right now he's in a space where he can't run. I mean, he's going to one thirty five. Uh, it's, it's some some hitters up there, and, and I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see where his career is going to go from here, because because this is going to be the truth machine. Either, either he's going to take those tough fights and fight it out, or he's, or he's going going to keep feeding on smaller guys. So uh, that's my, my answer, number my five. Number four fight Tank Davis versus Devin Haney. Is pretty much to solidify. We got the, you know, the big wigs at heavyweight. You got Wilder. You got Fury. You got um, Joshua. Um, I'm sure Fury is, is the top of the food line, but you got your upper echelon fighters. To me, to find out who else can move into that next level, or who can solidify themselves as like above a cut above the other contenders, this would determine that. And that would be Dillian White versus Luis Ortiz. And another reason why I want to see this fight, I just feel like Dillian White has been avoiding Luis Ortiz for quite a while, you know, making excuses, talking about he's old, he, you know, this and that. Well, if, if it's that much of an easy out or easy win for you, then just go ahead and, and take care of business. And so it should be an easy one uh, to make because I know Ortiz wants to fight. And I also think that Ortiz just deserved to fight somebody outside of Deontay Wilder um, to see where he is or if he has anything left, you know, at the age of 41. Um, whoever wins, then they can, you know, solidify their claim as being a person who's a legitimate contender for Fury, for Joshua. 
And so that's the number four fight that I want to see. Dillian White versus Luis Ortiz. My number four, um, it could go one of two ways. We got Canelo Alvarez, the more or less unanimous number one pound for pound. Who does he fight? You know, who does he fight next? What division does he want to fight in? If he wants to fight at 168, I would like to see him against Caleb Smith. I think he poses the greatest talent for him at 168. Um, I did not like his first fight against Rocky Fielding at 168 because it was like, dude, you just moved up to get a belt. And it wasn't even a belt belt. It was just a – it was metal. So if you want to go to 168, you fight somebody – you fight a legit champion at 168 if you're the number one pound for pound. If you want to go to – if you want to go to 175 – then I would like to see you against Dimitri Bivol. Um, I'm I'm a little bit scared for him to fight better BF, but I think that that Bivol will, will pose a good threat to him. Um, that one is a little bit unpredictable to me, and I like the way those styles would clash. So I would take either one of those at number four. Okay, my number four. Um, this has been mentioned already, but I like to see uh, – David Benavidez versus Caleb Plant. I mean, this fight's heating up. I mean, two undefeated guys, same weight class, same promotional company. Nothing's holding them back. And and they want to fight each other. That's the biggest thing. They want each other, you know. They complement each other real good. They're kind of opposite. Benavidez, the volume puncher, throws lots of punches. He can hurt you and all that. Caleb Plant, the boxer. And we don't know how he's going to react when he gets that many you know, punches thrown at him, but he's he's always disciplined. He's serious. You know, takes care of himself. Um, then you have Benavides who, who have the the slightly better resume. He's more proven fighters. It's it's like one of those fights that you just want to see what's going to happen. And, 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 and as soon as that bell rings, and that's my All number right. four, David Benavides so, versus you Caleb. Notice with my fights, my fights, I'm not letting these guys. I'm, I'm putting you in a weight class. So whatever weight class that you're fighting in, I'm not leaving any room for any excuses. Because if I say, well, I want you to move up to fight this person or this person, nah, because at the end of the day, once it happens, that person can make an excuse. Always, for me, the, the biggest thing is for fighters to clear out your division first. Or fighters, if the person is not available, then you go to the next most difficult opponent that you can face. That's just always my rule of thumb, and I think that that would make boxing much better, and it'll bring it back to the way it was back in the day when it was in this prompt, you know, prominent stage. So, with that being said, my number three fight that I want to see. Some of it is just to test the guy who's at this weight class now, because it's other guys that's calling them out. But I think that this would be the most difficult challenge. My number three fight: Sean Porter versus Terence Crawford. Sean Porter is rugged. He's tough. He has a great resume. He fought um, Thurman. He fought Brooke. He fought Spence. He fought Garcia. And so the fact that he fought all those guys, the only other champion that he hasn't faced well, outside of Pacquiao is Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford has faced none of the guys that I mentioned. So this would be a good litmus test to see what Terrence Crawford, who Terrence Crawford really is at the welterweight division. Um, let me see. Also, um, I just think that it's a slightly better matchup than a Thurman fight. But that'll tell it all for me as far as who Terrence Crawford is. So my number three fight 
is uh, Sean Porter versus Terrence Crawford. So at number three, I have one. This one I kind of created in the spirit of, again, uh, not wanting to use the same fighters twice. Uh, so similar to 135, I had to narrow down. Who in this division do I want to see fight one another? And this this will be interesting, I think, because um, one of them hasn't really made their mark in this division. But in the heavyweight division, I would like to see Alexander Usyk fight Deontay Wilder. Um, I say that because I'm kind of Wilder. Kind of he he's kind of shown us who he is at this point in time. Usyk has not. Um, it will be interesting because Usyk is six three, has a seventy eight inch seventy eight inch reach. Wilder is six seven. Has an 83-inch reach, and and he'll use all 83 of those inches. You know what I mean? Um, so it will be interesting to th- – this is more about Usyk, really, for me, than it is water. This would kind of show me how elite he is at the heavyweight division. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go with that for number three. Uh, my number three – and I, 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 I want to see this fight maybe a year or two ago, and I still want to see this fight. And that's Vasily Lomachenko versus Javante Tank Davis. Now, is Davis, you know, third time on his list? And that's because, I mean, I think the kid's talented. I mean, he has power, you know. Uh, he has boxing ability. Uh, he's, he's aggressive. But he just needs those fights. I mean, he just needs – Lomachenko was, was I don't know what, if they were trying to wait him out if, if the Davis camp was trying to wait him out but that was there if they if that was the case they made a big mistake because now somebody else is going to beat him and it might be somebody that Tank is going to struggle with you know well uh, Lopez or Haney beats Loma you know mm-hmm. that's a scalp that Javante Davis could have had you know <laughs> You know, and, and and that's what I feel about a lot of fighters. They they wait on someone else to to be another fighter, and that's a scout that they can have. Now, it it once Loma Chico loses and Javante Davis decides to fight him, it's going to lose his luster. That scout won't be as big. Uh, and again, uh, Davis has been a champion longer than Earl Spence. You know, and, and we see what Earl Spence is doing. He wants that smoke. So Javante Davis should. I th- I, it's time for, the, for him to go get that smoke and show the world that he, he is what he All is. All right, so my number two That's fight my number that I want to three is Vasil Lomachenko, high tech versus Devin Haney. Mm. Uh, the dream. So you got, you know, Vasil Lomachenko, I think he's still in his prime. You got the 21-year-old uh, Devin Haney. Uh, in my opinion, I would like to see Vasil fight you know, uh, uh, like this would be the most complete fighter that I've seen him face. I've seen him fight guys who were um, like maybe better names, but it was something missing there that I knew that Vasil could exploit. This maybe the fastest guy that he would have faced. Also, you got the vet versus the young gun. You know, is Devin Haney, is he the new Mayweather? Is he the new Sugar Ray Leonard? Is he the new Golden Boy? You know, can he outbox high tech? Uh, those are things that we will be able to see. It'll be a very interesting match- matchup, very intriguing matchup. It's a class in age. It's a class in, um, 
you know, competition in terms of who they fought, because this would be as Devin Haney's is coming out party. He'd be facing somebody that the skill level is such so much greater than what he's faced so far. You know, can he step up to that challenge? And so a very intriguing matchup on my end. I think that um, a lot of viewers would tune in to this one. And so that's my number two fight, Vasil Lomachenko versus Devin Haney. I like that one too. It's almost like at, at 135, you almost – and that sort of like the top five, top six, it is, you can't find a bad fight there. And I, I love that. I'm so excited about the 135 division. I really hope we get to see all these fighters fight each other. Um, my number two, I'm sticking with the heavyweights. And this one has a little bit more hype behind it than my number three. Um, and it could very well be a thing in 2021 if everything goes according to plan. I have the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. Um, I'm not going to lie. It, it's kind of I, – I think it's kind of predictable. But, you know, the heavyweight division is inherently – inherently exciting um it would be kind of a that that uk brawl i could see them playing sweet caroline before the guys come out nice packed stadium wembley maybe oh two who knows um but just to see it play out to see the hype behind it um i, I just think it would be an exciting fight uh my number two fight is also in the heavyweight division and I still want to see it. Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. Um, this fight, it just guarantee excitement. Somebody's getting knocked out in this fight. Even if one or both of these guys fight a boring fight, which, you know, they both can. You know, Wilder sometimes can wait too long on that one shot and just paw with that jab. Anthony Joshua, we see uh, him elect to, to, to box against Andy Ruiz the second time. Um but somebody's going to land eventually and somebody's going to get knocked out. That's what I believe. And if these guys both decide to trade, it's definitely going to be fireworks. And maybe it's just a guilty pleasure. I just want to see it. Two big, strong, tall guys, super heavyweights just going at it. Well, well, Josh is a super heavyweight. Wilder really isn't. But, you know, the, the, the power four versus the small four, we can call it that. All right. I just so want to see My it. number one That's fight number that I want to see. And, you know, you can have that undercard. It's the, the fight that could be on the undercard is that Jamel Charlo versus Iris 90 Lara fight mm-hmm. could be on this undercard. This also could happen in uh, NRT Stadium out there in Texas, in, in Houston, Texas. This fight, to me, has been long overdue. I'm tired of seeing the headliner, you know, move up and down and wait, man. Just go ahead, go back to 160. You know, you can make that weight. You're a powerful puncher there. You know, you're the goods there. So, you know, you got, and then you're also the money man. So sometimes the, the person who's the cash cow to me in boxing, you know, I don't mind the cash cow picking and choosing sometimes um, because, you know, you're the cash cow. So you're looking for opponents who can, you know, maximize the dollar so you can make as much money as you possibly can. I understand that part of it. But sometimes as the cash cow, you got to update your resume. And this fight right here would definitely update his resume. So I would want to see the 30-year-old, Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. Granted, he gets past Darian Chinko. I think it's a huge fight. I think I think if people would definitely uh, tune in to this one, you know, Canelo can submit his claim again as just being the best fighter in the world. Clearly, you know, he's updating his resume. We all all know that he has Cotto on his resume, he has Triple G on his resume, he has Lara, he has 
uh, Kodo, you know, we talked about all of that, you know, even Kovalev, you know, so, but sometimes, like I say, as the cash cow, you got to update your resume and then that's just going to bring more dollars in, in the future. So, um, you know, will it be a new boss in boxing? <laughs> you know, will we have a new, you know, quote unquote cash cow. So to me, that's a very intriguing matchup. And I just like the style clash as well, you know, because I think at the end, somebody wouldn't necessarily go to sleep, but I think somebody wouldn't make it all 12. So for me, my number one fight that I want to see is Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Um, my number one, while I'm probably the most excited about the lightweight division, um, the most exciting fight to me is in that stack welterweight division. I got to go with, with Errol Spence and, and Terrence Crawford. Um, it's a fight that everybody wants to see. We've been talking about it, um, alluding to it most of the episodes that we've done so far. And I just feel like, and I said it before, but I, I hope that, and even though I'm sad that Spence got in his accident and that kind of boxing was put on a pause, um, I'm, I hope that these events have sort of opened the boxing world's eyes to see that these fights aren't promised. Like you can't always just set up these, these super fights forever. So I'm hoping that in a near, in a very near future that we get to see these two guys fight each other before it's too late. So that's my number one. My number one fight I want to see is Carlo versus Carlo. Nah, I'm just joking. Um, but that, 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 that's a guilty pleasure fight, though. I, you know, part of, me, part of me is like, hmm, how do these guys match up? And another part of me is like, I don't know who wants to see these guys like go at each other. You know, even even them, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see the brothers do that. But my, my actual, my real number one. Uh, and I gotta agree, with, go with you, Danny. Is Spence versus Crawford? Um, we've been wanting to see this fight for years. We want to see it. Not much we can more we can add to to it. I mean, make the they should just make the fight happen. I don't care who got to make uh, concessions for it. Just do it. You know, Al Heyman, Bob Arum, just make the fight. Make the fight. You know, this is it's legacy on the line. It's an exciting fight. The fans want to see it. Uh, lot, all, so it's like all these egos. Neither of these guys are, are, are from from a money standpoint, are Mayweather or Pacquiao. Neither of them are as popular, you know. So so they shouldn't be acting like that, you know. We 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 shouldn't have to wait like we did for Pacquiao versus Mayweather. And by the time we got it, we knew kind of what we we're gonna get. That it wasn't gonna be as that neither of them were gonna be at their peak form. And and I, I and my fear is that. Once that fight actually happened, either number one, one of them loses or take a bad loss, or, or number two, um, one or both of them have declined, and that would rob us of seeing one of the, the, the best fights. I mean, imagine we never got Sugary Leonard versus Tommy Hearns. I mean, it, it, it's time. Uh, I mean, Just make on, the fight. On that note, you know, um, my final words that I'm, I'm, I'm going to say is, you know, just what you said, that's how it used to be, and that's when boxing was at its peak. You know, speaking of Ray Leonard, what did Ray Leonard do? Why was Ray Leonard such in such high demand? Why did everybody want to see Ray Leonard? It's because he went through Benitez. He went through Duran. He went through Tommy Hearns. So you go through that right there and you make yourself, you, you 
put yourself at the top of the heap. So now I can call shots. If I want to go ahead and move up the middleweight to fight Hagler, I have that option. If I want to go over here and get this belt at junior middleweight, I can, I have that option. I can pretty much do what I want to do because of the fact that I put myself head and shoulders above everyone else. These guys got to start doing that. And as a fighter, what you can't do, you cannot ever find a reason not to fight somebody. You just can't say it. That may be going through your mind, but please don't put that out in the public that, no, I don't need to fight him because, no, don't say that. Don't ever say that. And always what should come out your mouth, okay, he's not available. What about him? Ali used to say that. Ali was supposed to fight George Foreman. George Foreman got had an injury, so he like, is uh, Joe Frazier available? Like, come on, man. Like, the best guys got to go ahead and step up to the plate and have that hunger and passion to always want to fight the best. Let your promoter do all of the, you know, figuring out who you're supposed to fight. But out of your mouth, you got to declare that you want to fight the best. Those are my final words. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap up? Our podcast is now live on Apple. Um, in the beginning of episode three, I put the link there. But just for you guys to know who are listening, you now have a new outlet to listen to our podcast on. So check us out on, on Apple. All right. Well, that's it. I appreciate that, fellas. Great conversation today. We're going to wrap things up for show four. Please go back. Like Danny said, check out those last three episodes. And then also check us out next week. And our show is always going to be on Monday, Monday at 10 o'clock. Um, you can always catch a new episode. Check out us next week uh, when we discuss type 10 hypothetical matchups that we would like to see. Until then, 